Kate Wheeler in studio with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Well, the holidays are here, and we all want to enjoy the festivities to the fullest. And it can be hard to say no, and guilt-free indulgence may seem impossible. But our first guest, naturopathic doctor and keto expert, Dr. Andy, has a few small tricks that she says will allow you to have your cake and eat it too. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk to Meridian Credit Union's Dillista Cruz about why women need to take control of their financial well-being. Registered holistic nutritionist Christina Vero will tell us about the importance of gut health. And how do I know if I've met the one? Relationship expert Tara Antler is going to help answer that question for everybody. Tech expert Amber Mack has the top wearable and health tech list of 2018 and closing out the show in our live studio sessions today. We have world-class Canadian saxophonist or saxophonist or sax player, depending on where you're from, Dave McLaughlin, who will be performing a Christmas song for us. So what are your plans this holiday? Um, We are going to Jamaica Um, on New Year's Day. We leave for that week. We are going. I've never been to Jamaica, so I'm very excited to go. Should be fabulous. Yes, staying at the Sandals Resort in Montego Bay, which is exactly where Dave McLaughlin is from. And he's going to be there at the same time we are. And he's promising to to introduce us to some people there. Ooh, yes, that should be fun. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What do you do? I'm babysitting Frenchies. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The turkey coma French bulldogs. Oh, last year was just, they were just, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be fun. Yeah, Um, to see everybody. What about New Year's? New Year's, uh, no plans. Well, we leave very early New Year's Day, so I'm assuming that we're just going to, we won't be up partying. Although my daughter says, come on, Mom, you can still do it. Just stay up all night and go and go straight to the, go straight to the airport. It's like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. So I think just um, a quiet dinner and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, let's face it, I'm usually asleep yeah, I know, night. I know, I know, I know, absolutely. Well, this is our last show before we take a break for the holidays. We have some great best of shows planned and we will be back with brand new episodes on January 12th. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at What She Said Talk, where you can find links to our free Apple podcast, in-studio videos, contests, and more. So happy holidays to everyone. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. The holidays are here and we all want to enjoy the festivities to the fullest, right? 
drinking wine, sipping cocktails, <laughs> and having just a few more bites from the charcuterie board, it can be hard to say no, and guilt-free indulgence may seem impossible, but our next guest has a few small tricks that will allow you to have your cake or cakes, or cookies, <laughs> or wine, and eat it too. Welcome naturopathic doctor and keto expert, Dr. Andy, to what she said. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have come at the perfect moment. <laughs> I know. It's the best uh, time right before Christmas. What does guilt-free indulgence mean to you? So Guilt-free indulgence means a, a complete peg out with no guilt for me. And I've never been able to do that. That's that's what it means for me too. Oh, good. I, I okay. always yes, that, and I always talk to my patients about no food shame. You know, everyone ends up having a cheat day. I hate the word cheat day, uh, and so you feel like you've done something wrong. So I try to move people away from the idea of you know they're shaming themselves or feeling bad. So indulge in the things you love, enjoy your holiday, and then there are just some things you can do after to sort of make up for those little indulgences, but you still need to be able to enjoy with your family. You don't want to be that person sitting out, you know, on the side while your whole family is enjoying the meal. But I think people feel like if they cheat that then they then have to start at the beginning again, mm -hmm. that it's done so much damage to whatever balance that particular diet has, mm -hmm. keto being one of them. Exactly. Um, there's a balance and suddenly you've mm -hmm. eaten all these carbs and you're back to square one again. So tell us what we should do when we have cheated. So... I think intermittent fasting is my favorite sort of trick when you've had one of those indulgences. And it's true. People do think that they've been set back. They've erased all of their hard effort. It's not true. It's just one meal. And I think intermittent fasting is one of the best ways to recover from that and kind of get yourself back on track and then keep going. So tell people what that is for so, those who don't. Who aren't familiar. Yes. So it's essentially just eating within certain windows of time. So there are a few different ways to do it. I find the easiest one to do is um, a 14 or 16 hour fast. So from your last meal in the evening, so if you have dinner at 8 p.m., your next meal, your meal the next day will be 16 hours later. So it'll be at noon. And so it sounds harder than it is. We're in the society where where we're told breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You have to eat every three hours. There, there are a lot of misconceptions that we need to overcome to be mm -hmm. able to embrace some of what the research is actually showing is beneficial for us. So you might have lunch at 12 and dinner at 8. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're, let's say, on keto, you're having protein and fats, which like avocado and roast beef or whatever you're having. Mm -hmm. So that will keep you pretty full, right? Exactly. So... Mm -hmm. Let's let's go the other way around. We're going to go to some holiday parties and it's Christmas time. So if you have to cheat, there's everything under the sun there. And it's all made with flour, butter, sugar, sugar cream cheese, what else? Um, what, what are... Let's grade them from least bad to, <laughs> to worst. To worst. So What's I know the best cheat. Yes. Uh, so I would say if you can find things, the ones that are lower in carb are always the best cheat. So the higher fat ones are better, but they're all going to have sugar and things like that in it. So, but if you can kind of gear yourself, maybe like a gelato or and berries and things like that, although that doesn't sound quite as unhealthy. Um, but usually I tell people, because it's hard to find a dessert that's not going to have those things in it. It's, it's really difficult to grade one is better than the other. You know, dark chocolate is a good one. If we want mm -hmm. a healthy cheat, that's a good one. Um, so things with dark chocolate or maybe a flourless chocolate cake, something like that is a good option. Um, but really at the end of the day, I, I tell people to enjoy, you know, on health 
Thanksgiving, I eat apple pie for breakfast. It's just one of those things okay, to so enjoy. With mm-hmm. intermittent fasting, um, I've heard that about 16 hours is what you said. So you're mm-hmm. basically eating in your eight-hour window. Right. Now, um, can you pretty much eat anything in that eight-hour window and still see some benefits? Like, could could you guide your holiday period over, well, I'm going to this party that night, I'm going to shift my eight-hour period that eating to to be include that party. Yes, so that theoretically yes, that's what intermittent fasting is all about within that 8-hour window. They say you know, theoretically you don't have to make those dietary changes, which is why it's one of the best things to do when you do indulge. So, and I'll often have people extend the fast if you do have a really big um holiday dinner, I have them bump it to maybe 18 hours. 20 hours, which again sounds very daunting, but not as hard once you really get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once we finish the holiday period, then I encourage people to go back to making healthy food choices because what you eat is obviously equally as important. But yes, you can still see, you'll still get all the benefits of fasting within that 16-hour period, even if you don't change what you're eating in that eight-hour feeding time. Now, one of the things that's daunting for people, too, is going to parties and getting together and you're offered a drink. And alcohol does have a, a lot of carbs. Right. So what are your least least mm. bad, bad choices, choices for <laughs> cocktails? Exactly. Vodka. That, that is it. So it's literally zero, the, the no, clear spirit. carbs. Yeah. Exactly. Vodka, Vodka gin. has no... No carbs. No carbs. Rum has no yeah. carbs. But what do you gin put, has no carbs. What do you put in it, though? Diet, so, Coke, or whatever. So I usually, I usually ask people to do um, either sparkling water yeah, or sparkling. one of my favorites is I'll, I'll tell them to put, and this is one of mine, it's just I drink gin on ice and then I get six lemons and squeeze six lemons into it. So it tastes like it's like lemonade, mm-hmm. yeah. but there's no sugar in it. Right. So you're still diluting it, but without something, you know, without something sweet or, you know, artificial sweeteners or anything like that. I so do that's vodka usually, soda. So it's pretty yeah, much that exactly. with a lime. Mm-hmm. That's, that's perfect. But things yeah. like wine and... So wine you can still have as well. Again, they're not as high in sugar as we think. It might be about five grams of sugar in a glass. So I encourage the lower carbohydrate drinks. So, you know, lighter white wines, things like that, sparkling wine. What about um, beer? So beer is pretty mm-hmm. high. <laughs> that's a pretty high... Uh, carbohydrate cocktails. So if you know you're going to be having a few drinks in an evening, I would just stick to something different, maybe a glass of wine and then move to a clear spirit. I'd probably avoid the beer if possible, if you know that you're also going to be indulging in meals that maybe aren't quite in line with the healthy diets we're normally following. Mm -hmm. But again, if you do end up having a beer or something like that, then that's where the intermittent fasting, it really will help you in that 16-hour period afterwards. So I'm thinking about Christmas dinner. So here we have stuffing, mashed potatoes, all this stuff, and then dessert, which could be a myriad of things, Mm -hmm. all those calories. I mean, uh, uh, intermittent fasting, I mean. It is. And then you get on the scale and you're three pounds up. Mm-hmm. Then what? It's the intermittent fasting that will sort of help to turn that around because essentially what it will do is within a 12-hour period of not eating, because when we're eating at extended periods of time, now we're getting our insulin spike and we're throwing off our hunger and satiety hormones. Once you hit 12 hours, that's where we start to see our insulin dropping. That's where your body actually starts to burn fat. As you extend it to 14 and 16 hours, that's where we start to see even greater benefit. 
Uh, and then at the 18-hour mark, we're seeing an improvement in insulin sensitivity. So that's really the best way. We're sort of, they call it biohacking is what they do it, is what they call it. So you're kind of sort of hacking into your body's, you know, metabolism and enhancing how your body is functioning to make up for some of those choices and allowing your body to burn some of that fat that you've put on those larger meals. And I'm assuming exercise and water also help. Yes, definitely. All, all those things, drink as much water as you can, take walks. You know, if you know you're having a big meal, try and exercise that earlier in the day that morning, or you can do fasted workouts the next day. So all of those things will play a role as well. So a fasted workout is what it sounds like. is It's exactly. like you work out and you haven't eaten. And you yet. haven't eaten. And, and I may get dizzy. So this is so I encourage starting the fasting first before you start doing a fasted workout. But once your body learns how to use fat for fuel is essentially mm -hmm. what you're doing. So you'll you'll often see a bit of a decline in performance as your body adjusts to how to do that. And then you see that transition and it's actually a greater source of fuel than sugar for your workout. So people actually get greater benefit. You maintain and build muscle mass a little bit better, greater endurance. How can people get in touch with you if they want to know more? So you can find me online. Uh, my website is drandy with an I, mm -hmm. ND.com, um, or on Instagram at drandyND. That stands for naturopathic yes, it doctor, does. right? That's mm -hmm. what the ND is for. So I, I don't know. Uh, Are you ready? Pe for, could, re pe could people get a hold of you and get a personalized plan? Absolutely. Oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's I'm, what we all need. It's eat this tomato at 1030. Right. Yeah. It's, it's when, the structure. You, when yeah. you have to figure it out and you're hungry. Yes. It's when you're kind of left on your own to figure it out and you're not entirely sure what to pick. So it's yeah. just sort of giving people sort of more customized plans. You ready? I'm ready to go. We'll let me know. We'll, I'll, I'll let you. Should we, should, <laughs> we, should, we, should we start January 1st? Uh, well, I'm going on holiday to Jamaica for, until. Can we start January 9th? <laughs> All right, the 9th. You can start the fasting in Jamaica. That's what you okay. can do. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect! Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Dear Diary, it's day 15 and I still can't seem to figure it out. How can Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine taste so good? A. They've invented a new undetectable alcohol. B. They're straight up lying to us. Or C. They're wizards and each drink is infused with the blood of dragons! I think I'm onto something. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. 
Well, as time goes on, so do your financial needs. But the financial planning journey is typically different for men and women. Joining us now is Dillis Cruz, the Vice President of Wealth at Meridian Credit Union, who is here today to talk to us about why women need to take control of their financial well-being. Welcome back to What She Said, Dillis. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you on the show as a wealth expert and as our newest sponsor. Yay! And particularly aimed at women. So let's get into that right away. Mm. You say women control about 33% of the wealth in North America today. That's the highest share in history and a number that's growing roughly, what, 8% a year? Right, right. But even still, we're reluctant to invest our money at the same rates as men. Why? Well, you know, that it's it's a really interesting subject. And so before I answer that, because I have some answers to that, uh, I want to give you some stats, which okay. actually boggled my mind. So like you said, one third of all wealth in North America is controlled by women. That's over 1.1 trillion in Canada. And so in 2020, women could control as much as 67% of the assets um, because they're going to have the opportunity to inherit twice. They're their parents are passing away, so they're inheriting it that way. And their spouses are passing away because women outlive men, statistically. So they're coming into a lot of money. Um, almost 40% of women out-earn their husbands. And interestingly, half of those with over 500000 to invest are women. Um, 90% of females will be the sole decision maker at some point in their life. And 31% of women are primary breadwinners in Canada. Um, and the last piece I thought was interesting, women are creating their own businesses at, at twice the rate as, as men. So... The opportunity is huge. Now, contrast this with uh, females are less likely than males to feel financially prepared for their retirement and uh, and in control of their investments. And only 27% of women report feeling financially confident um, relative to 45% of men. So I pause there after putting out all those numbers to say that is very concerning. Women have all this wealth opportunity and are coming into a lot of wealth, yet they're not feeling financially prepared or confident in their future and how to manage that. So, Dillis, let me ask you, if they're not investing, what are they doing with their money? We're not sure. So, you know, uh, and and the interesting thing is, is that uh, they could be investing, but um, there's majority of women, there's a lot of research to suggest they're not happy with their advisors. Um, they're afraid to go into their advisors. So they might be sitting in GICs or they might be sitting in um, investments that may not get them to where they need to be. Uh, but the bigger issue is, is that they're not happy with the advice they're getting and they're not going in to see advisors uh, because they just feel that um, they're not connecting the way they want to be connected to. Is that the fault, do you think, of the institution not recognizing that the way to engage women is different than men? Yeah, I, I personally think the financial services industry has got it wrong and, and the stats uh, over and over are showing that. And so there is a lot of focus on uh, what is it that women want. And so, again, this, there was a great study done by uh, strategymarketing.ca. So I pulled a lot of this information from there. And part of the problem is, is that women don't feel heard. So it, it's not complex. It's just men and women um, communicate differently and want different things. And 
So I don't really like always, um, you know, kind of bucketing women in a certain kind of way. But the reality is, is that when for especially on investing, quite often men are much more about, um, you know, what are the returns and what are the investments and I want to outperform the market. And I'm not saying all men are like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas women much more, I want to connect with you. I want you to know what stage of life I'm in. I want you to know what my stresses are, what my worries are and connect with me from a life perspective and then give me advice um, to as to how I can, you know, um, either conquer these fears or accomplish my goals. So there's much more of a relationship component. Um, and given that 85% of uh, investment advisors are men, and, mm-hmm. you know, John Gray, the author of, you know, Men Are From Mars, Mars Women, Women Are From, from Venus. Venus. Okay, yeah. there's a communication issue. We all know that. So yeah. it's really about communication um, because a lot of the stats also su- suggested that Although that there is a high percentage of male advisors, it's not that women want a male advisor. Um, you know, 7% of women said they would want a woman investor um, advisor, but the rest said it doesn't matter. Just connect with me. You know, build mm-hmm. a relationship, build a rapport, um, and, and get to know me. And, and that's what financial industry, we're missing. As advisors, we're missing that. But you aren't completely missing that at Meridian. I mean, I'm sure that you have changed things up in the last number of years to to focus on that. Yeah. And so thanks for that that uh, segue, because we have 50% of our advisors are women. And, you know, we take a broader stance. It's really about our whole investing approach is about getting personal. Sit down and understand whoever is in front of you, whether it's male or female, get to know them personally, get to understand what they want to achieve and then build a financial plan around them. It's not about going into the bravado and the markets and how you're going to outperform. It's really build that relationship and get to know the person and then come up with a plan. Historically, we've been told that women are more risk averse. Mm-hmm. Is that changing? Is that now a stereotype? Yeah, so that's a myth. So there's a few myths. Um, and a couple, one of them is women are more risk averse. Uh, it's not that women are more risk averse. They will, they take calculated risk. They will take much more balanced risk. They'll also look at where am I in my life and what does that risk in investments mean to where I am in my life. So it's much more balanced. And, and there is some uh, research to suggest that women outperform men in the long term in terms of their investments because they're taking a more balanced approach. So I don't want this mm. to be about a women-men thing, women-men thing. Um, but I think that women do think differently, and that is absolutely a myth about women not wanting to take risk. It's just a different type of risk. Okay, before we go away from that women-men <laughs> women, men thing, what about the gender wage gap? I mean, we... we you know, we know it's what 87 cents Stats Canada mm-hmm. says the women still earn 87 cents yeah. on the dollar yeah. uh, we have a longer life expectancy as you said we have breaks in our careers to care for children or our parents mm-hmm. so how do we create a plan and find clear objectives when we have all those issues I think it's really important with that wage gap and that's a whole nother topic but I think that it does actually uh, impact you because of the the different differential mm-hmm. in terms of what you're actually going to end up at retirement so it's firstly we got to get rid of that wage gap first and foremost that we would be get, good. <laughs> we get rid of that wage gap but understanding it is still there uh, that your advisor has to take that into consideration not necessarily taking the wage gap in but how how can we get you to where you need to be uh, at the end of retirement or or whatever your goal is so has to be taken into consideration. It's hard, I think, for women to estimate. I think it's hard for anyone to estimate what they really need for retirement. There are stats, and they change, I guess, depending on your um, 
what you want to do mm-hmm. for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because retirement's changing for many people. Yeah. And that's a really good point because I actually just sat down with my advisor going through it. And we all go through different life stages, right? Different things. You might go through a divorce. You might um, lose a job. And so what you thought five years ago, 10 years ago, in terms of what you want out of retirement might look very different. Also, as you get up there in age two, you might tweak it. Um, and so I think it's important that you are reevaluating your plan regularly and rechecking in. And your advisor should be doing that. Just checkpoints, having that communication and knowing what life stages are or things that are going on in your life so that you can say, I need to tweak it. Maybe I'm going through a financially difficult time right now. I'm not going to be able to put away what I thought I was going to put away. Um, and so how do I get there? Or do I pause? Or, or do I kind of change what I want out of my retirement. So what are the differences then between men and women when they look at, you were saying that women typically, uh, not all of them, but a a larger percentage don't feel secure about uh, having enough money for their Mm -hmm. retirement. Mm -hmm. Is it sort of like the job thing where men figure, okay, I've got two of the 10 things they need. I'm I'm a (laughs) shoo-in. And women go, I only have nine and a half, so I better not apply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it, I mean... Is, is there a difference in how men and women perceive having enough? Yeah, well, I, I, I totally think it is. I think it's just about, um, firstly, men think differently. So, um, you know, the two out of the 10 thing is ap- absolutely appropriate. It's a confidence factor, too. They have way more confidence than women, even though women would say, you know, I'm not financially confident. Men may not may have the same level and say they're more confident. So I do think there's a different style in terms of how people think and what they want. Um, but I think that all has to come into consideration, sitting with an advisor that's actually going to get to know you and understand you will cut through that and, and reassure you as well and help you get to that path. I think the also the difference um, about Meridian being a credit union is because you're member owned. You're not accountable to shareholders. So you have their your members' best interests at heart. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And everything we do. And, you know, we're talking about, um, a, you know, investing right now, but I, it really your financial well-being is about everything, right? It's mm-hmm. about uh, your day-to-day living. It's about credit. Um, and so we pride ourselves on always doing what's on the best interest for our members. We're not shareholder-owned, so uh, we don't have to deliver certain results to our shareholders. And so we always put our members first in terms of what is the right product or service that mm-hmm. is going to help them achieve their goals versus I'm going to product push because it's you know, it's going to drive more revenue. So question for anyone who's reticent, anyone who's listening, anyone who's thinking, I really should do that, but I don't want to walk in because then they're going to think that I, I, then I have to, I have to invest. Is it okay to come in and have an appointment and see how you, how you click with somebody? Yeah. And and that's what I was going to say. If I was to leave you with some takeaways, definitely everybody needs to go see an advisor. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what stage you're at. And so this whole term wealth can be intimidating. It doesn't matter what stage you're at. Go see an advisor and they can help you get on your path or they can help you where you're at or they can tweak where you're at based on, you know, your financial situation and where you want to go. Now, if you're married, here's what I'm going to say to you. You still should go see an advisor, but make sure that you're at least getting in with your spouse to your advisor. Advisor. Um, you want those joint meetings. Don't abdicate that that financial responsibility to your spouse um, because if they're not around, and we've talked about this beforehand, you can just be overwhelmed. So make sure that you are attending with your spouse any um, meetings that he is having mm-hmm. with his advisor so that you are fully informed and you know your viewpoint is taken into consideration. And the website is for people to connect with you? www.meridiancu.ca. Uh, go in there and feel free to check out uh, our advisors uh, in your location. She 
What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Whether you have a side hustle, a family, a business, or all three, today's workers are pulling longer hours than ever before. Mm -hmm. Don't we know that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Making it nearly impossible to fit in fitness, or so we think. (laughs) Now, joining us now is tech expert Amber Mack with some top tech innovations that can help make health and wellness a priority or easier to fit in no matter where you might be. Welcome back, Amber. Thanks so much for having me. So from the new Apple Watch to on-demand at-home classes with Peloton, you have five innovations that make staying active a cinch. Well, maybe a cinch for Amber, not so much for us, but easier anyway. So tell us about this Peloton bike live streaming. Yeah, so this is a big trend right now is that a lot of people are recognizing that they're busier than ever, like you mentioned, and uh, they want to be able to work out at home. So Peloton is probably one of the biggest trends that we've seen as far as health and fitness. It's a bike that you have in your home, but it's on-demand classes that are streaming over the internet. So you can either do live spinning classes with a giant screen that's attached to the bike, or you can do on-demand classes. That means whenever you feel like it, you could start a class that is listed on the giant screen in front of you. So it's allowing you to have kind of that class environment, that social element, uh, but also be able to work out in the comfort of your home, which I think is something that makes things a little bit more manageable. A a smart mirror that I saw recently that allowed you to work out with a personal fitness coach that you would see through the mirror. So we know that this is coming to the home and it just makes it so much more convenient for people who don't want to take that time to go out to a gym. So I I guess you have have to buy the bike first, which would be uh, quite expensive. And then what is it, a monthly subscription kind of thing to, to continue to work out? Exactly. So you buy the bike and uh, right now it is uh, about $2,900. So definitely pricier, although I've been to some pricey gyms. So I will say uh, after a few years, you know, you can uh, make it up for sure and about $40 a month for the subscription to the to the service. And people are just loving this. Uh, you know, if you do the live classes, uh, the instructor can see that you're in the class and talk to you. So you do have that personal training element as well. Can you interact back with them? 
Yeah, it's kind of cool. You can you can't talk back to them, but you can give them high fives and and other people in the class. So um, it adds that element. I think one of the reasons I go to the gym is that it's social, and I just love that piece of it. So it brings that into your house. So how does it work in terms of where you are? So can you can you um, can you go on at two in the morning if you're a shift worker? Will anybody else be there, or is it regional? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked that. So that's where the on-demand classes come into play. So at any point that you want to do a class, they have classes around the clock. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of classes. You can jump into a class that's happening live or do something that already took place and join that class. And you can see if there are people in that class from all over the world. Okay, so talk to us about um, staying heart healthy with the Series 4 Apple Watch. Yeah, so Apple just came out with the Series 4 watch, and that's really a step up. And there's a couple of features that I love, especially when it comes to your heart. So it monitors your heart health, so lets you know if there are any things that could be of concern. Maybe you have a really high heart rate. It will flag that. It will also keep track over time of your heart rate, so it's something you could bring to your doctor as one example. Uh, Another thing that I love is it has fall detection. And I think about people who have aging parents and how useful that could be if all of a sudden and you had a parent who fell, and then you will get notified within 60 seconds uh, if it's an emergency. And that means that you have to worry a little bit less about a parent who perhaps is still at home alone. Uh, This one I love, these new contact lenses. Tell me. Okay, so I've been wearing contact lenses for the better part of 20 years, and uh, Alcon finally has these great contact lenses called the Alcon Daily Totals 1. And what's fantastic about this is they use this water gradient technology. So that means that unlike contact lenses from when I was a teenager that really hurt in your eye after wearing them for just a few hours, they got really dry. These never get dry. means you can go all day long. They stay really moist. I fly about once a week. And so what I love about these is, again, I don't have to worry about them getting dry. They're comfortable for those really long marathon days. And again, this shows you how we're seeing innovations in health, even when it comes to things like wearables, like contact lenses, and how much better the technology behind them has actually gotten. Okay. Now, Christine is not a meditator. I do like to meditate. And you have something, the Muse 2 headband, which is going to take the guesswork out of it? Yeah, so it's a headband uh, that you wear, and uh, it looks like something out of Star Trek, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's really cool, and what it does, it will actually analyze your brain waves. And uh, using this incredible technology, that quite frankly is just mind blowing when you think about explaining what it, do, it does. Along with an app, for example, once you have the headband on, uh, you will will see an app, and then in the app, you will have to do things like slow down the wind in the app, okay? Because you're hearing wind and you have to slow it down with your mind and it's actually able to read your brain waves and to see if it's st- your brain is still racing or if you've gotten to a point where you're actually meditating and in a calm state. So really futuristic. Okay, and last but not least, uh, some wireless headphones that actually stay in your ears? Uh, yes, this is the biggest pain point for me for working out is nothing stays in my ears. I don't know if they're a weird shape. Hopefully I'm not alone. These are the Bose SoundSport free wireless headphones and uh, they're sweat resistant. Uh, they will uh, still survive in the rain. But most importantly, they have this little ridge that they call the fin. Almost imagine a little shark fin uh, that tucks right into your ear. And what's wonderful about this is they will actually stay in your ear. They're wireless, great for working out, doing conference calls, whatever you might want to do. If you've had trouble with earbuds in the past, I have these headphones and they are fantastic. Uh, And like I mentioned, the greatest technology as well. Where can people go to learn more, Amber? 
Yeah, absolutely. So they can visit my website at ambermac.com and see a list of all of these products and get a sense of what's happening with health and uh, fitness in the future uh, going into next year. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. They call it your body's second brain. Joining us now is registered holistic nutritionist Christina Vero. And today we're going to talk about the importance of gut health. Welcome back. Thank you. So nice to be here. Okay, so what exactly are gut or is? Is that R or is? Gut bacteria. (laughs) Yeah, so there's different names for gut bacteria. Some people call it the microbiome, the microflora, the microbiota, but we're all talking about the same thing, which is bacteria in the digestive tract. So there's a lot of research that's being done that's talking about the different bacteria that can cause helpful reactions in the body and harmful reactions in the body. And amazingly, there's about 3.3 pounds of bacteria in our gut on average per day and about 2,000 different species. So it's a really diverse environment. There's lots going on down there, but we can really manipulate it to our advantage so that we can get the benefit repercussions of that or beneficial repercussions of that rather. So would this be part of the the um, after effects? For example, I remember uh, being told when my children were young, they were on antibiotics mm. to be careful to give them yogurt because it was going to unbalance and they were very young, right? Yeah, yeah. So it takes your um, gut flora a little while to develop when you're younger. Mm-hmm. And antibiotics, they effectively wipe out the bad bacteria that are causing infections, but they can also wipe out the good bacteria. Or that some are really of them. Yeah. Or some of them, yeah. So, of course, I'm not saying don't take antibiotics or any of any. No, no, like no. That, but, but compensate. Yeah, totally. So it's good to work with a doctor who's well-informed or your nutritionist to figure out how you can maintain that balance during your antibiotic. Well, in those days, the pediatrician said, just feed them yogurt. Right. Just feed them yeah. yogurt for the full time that they're on yeah. it. Yeah. How would you know? Like, What are some of the symptoms of having an imbalanced gut bacteria. Yeah, so an imbalance, if you have an imbalance, the first thing you might notice is having bad breath. Another thing would be if you have brain fog a lot of the time, that could be linked to an imbalance or things like asthma, allergies, acne, those are also symptoms, and even sinus congestion. And for some people, even weight gain, which is really interesting because they've shown that there are different strains of bacteria that can actually be passed down from one generation to the next. Are you saying that imbalanced gut bacteria is responsible for asthma? In some cases, it might not be the only cause, but there are some bad bacteria that the byproducts that they produce are really inflammatory Mm -hmm. and they hurt our immune system as well. So we want to make sure that we're maintaining a better balance. So what foods could we, because I always like to go to the food first before we go to the supplement. So what foods would help us with this balance? So definitely foods that are high in probiotics. So a lot of fermented foods are really naturally high in probiotics. So that includes yogurt, like the pediatricians were recommending. I would say just make sure that it is plain yogurt, not the sugar-filled kind Mm -hmm. that's low fat, because that's usually not as healthy. Um, Kombucha, which is a fermented tea. Kefir, which is a fermented milk kimchi, sauerkraut, those are really, really great sources of probiotics, as well as prebiotics, which basically work in tandem with the probiotics to promote better gut health. So prebiotics can be found in um, artichokes, onions, garlic, 
leeks, asparagus, those types of foods, and making sure that you're getting a lot of fiber from multiple sources. So soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. So mix some ground flaxseed in with your yogurt. Absolutely. There you go. See, yeah. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. So then what about supplements? Yeah. Supplements, I always recommend for people who are struggling with an imbalance of gut bacteria, a really potent probiotic. There's a lot of bacteria down there, so the higher the um, the strength, usually the better. But just make sure that you're working with somebody who knows what strains you might need. If you look on a probiotic supplement, there's a bunch of different strains that can target different bacterial imbalances. So just make sure that you're working with somebody about that. And then prebiotic supplements also exist as well. So they can come in capsule form, powder form, whatever it might be. Uh, can I just ask, would bloating uh, oh, yes. possibly be a sign that your gut health is not what it should be? Yeah, so people with a lot of digestive issues, so whether that's bloating, abdominal pain, constipation, diarrhea, if they are experiencing that after eating, that's typically a big sign of a gut imbalance. So we okay. want to increase those good bacteria, decrease the bad. What's the difference then between probiotics, prebiotics, and digestive enzymes? Yeah, so digestive enzymes basically help to break down your food more efficiently, so to say, because for some people, if they have a problem with their digestion or absorption of nutrients, the digestive enzymes can really help them break down so that they can be used more effectively because when they aren't broken down properly, your body actually says, what is that protein? I don't recognize it. And it triggers an immune response and inflammation. So digestive enzymes can really help with that. And then the prebiotics basically feed the probiotics, which help with your gut health overall. So it all kind of works in harmony together. So where would somebody go? Would somebody need to go then to a nutritionist like you? Because I don't think most people would know how much of one or the other to, to take, how to balance. Balancing is difficult. Right. And it's also a matter of not just increasing the good, but decreasing the bad exactly. bacteria, right? And that we can all do at home right now. So a good thing to do for that is to decrease your sugar intake. And when I say sugar intake, I'm not just saying processed sugars. I mean sugar from alcohol and also excessive carbohydrate intake because those ultimately break down to sugars. And interestingly, artificial sweeteners have been proven to be very harmful for mm. your gut bacteria balance. So cutting those out as well. Okay, Christina, how do people connect with you? What are your sites? Yeah, so you can find me on my website at www.fresh-insight.ca. You can like us on Facebook, which is Fresh Insight Health, or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Christina Vero or on your lovely website Yeah, we, we link we link everything yep. to Christina's site. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, everyone. Now that I've discovered Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine, I've decided never to settle for anything less than the best. Linda, I will no longer eat your home-cooked lasagna. Dave, put your guitar away. You're terrible. And Janet, I'm leaving you. That's all. Please continue the funeral service. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Don't settle for anything less. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. 
us now is what she said, relationship expert Tara Antler. Welcome back. Thank you so much. And today we're going to talk about how do I know if I've met the one? And with so many choices and decisions we make in a day, it's sometimes hard to be clear as to what people actually want. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, there's a misconception of, of the one. So all of us are out there. We're trying to find the one. It puts a lot of pressure on us, right? Because there are many options. There are many choices. And for me, what I've seen over time is that there is the one for what particular path you are choosing. So if right now at this particular point in time, you are on a certain trajectory and you call in somebody, they could match and line up with your life path right now, with the choices you've made right now, and you keep choosing, right? But then if you decide all of a sudden, I'm going to move to Spain, and I'm going to create a whole other life, and there's a whole other experience, that relationship might not serve that purpose anymore. It may, it may not. And then all of a sudden, you call in somebody else. So it's really a matter of what path you're choosing, and then there will be a partner that lines up to that. It's a match. It's an energy match. Well, we know that there have been a number of movies, and I think women and men have conversations about, is there just one? Right. Or are there more ones? Yeah. I believe in what I've seen, and I've worked with over 10,000 clients one-on-one. I believe there's there's one for each situation or each mm-hmm. path that you're in. I don't believe that the grand creator of all things would put us a needle in a haystack on this planet with more than 7 billion people to say, now go out and find the one. The one. <laughs> the yeah. one. Like, that's a lot of pressure. It wouldn't do that. It's always looking for, you know, greatest love, greatest experience, greatest joy, greatest ease, you know? And so for me, I'm always like, Tune into what it is that you really want. Get clear on that first. Get clear on knowing yourself. And when you know yourself, you know what you want. You know what you desire. You might be at the ice cream shop. You know, it's like when they say, what flavor would you like? You're like, I don't really know. Well, then they say, would you like to sample it? Yeah, for sure. So you start sampling. You're like, I love this one. Sometimes it's like that when you're dating. You fill the funnel a little bit. You sample the ice cream. You get distilled down and refined around what is it that I actually want. And then once you know in yourself and you lock that in, and you don't give over to, you know, all the other distractions, you will call in that that person that matches. So what how, what process would you recommend? Because I know a lot of people who say they're just not sure. Mm-hmm. If you ask, what, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. They're not sure. Yep. Do you yep. make the decision with your head or your heart? I do more with my heart. Like the head will be the first thing that comes in. Logically, we think usually, oh, I experienced that. I didn't really like that. And that's a that's a distilling process, right? We call it the contrast. So you use the contrast. And you're like, oh, I didn't really like that. So I want this instead. I didn't really like that. I want this instead. That's good. That's a great first start. And it, but it involves the head. Eventually, you do want to drop down into the heart because the head, we use the head for everything. We analyze everything. You think about the amount of brain processing that you do in a day. It's it's amazing. When it comes to matters of the heart, let the heart guide the way and choose the way a little bit more than your head because your head will think in this analytical way. What makes sense? You know, what aligns? What, you know, that sort of thing. But the heart, when the heart feels something, it feels something and it knows something and it's communicating to us. It kind of tunes into our intuition a little bit too. When they talk about that gut feeling, you get that pull. Or that chemistry. Totally. Now, I know couples who say that they had a list, this is what they wanted and then they met one another. The chemistry was so strong. Mm-hmm. They went through qualities about one another that drive them crazy that they never <laughs> wanted. They get along fabulously. Yeah. They have great relationships yes. and they've lasted. Yeah, so exactly. really, at the end of the day, it 
is a little bit of a, I mean, throwing up the dice, isn't it? It is a little bit. And, but I would say, like, if it, it's kind of, for me, it was really about getting refined in what it was that I want. Because I had a lot of experiences that I didn't really like. So I used the contrast. And I was like, okay, here's the list. When I met my husband, the first thing that happened was the initial bam. We were at Agape, which is Michael Beckwith. He's from The Secret. He has this beautiful m- spiritual ministry. And Gabriel stepped down off the stage. He was in the choir. And there was this heart pull that I could not deny. I felt energy pushing me toward him. And I'm like, this does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Like from a logical perspective, he was from Trinidad living in the U.S. I'm from Canada temporarily living in the U.S. None of it logically made sense. When we started dating and we started looking at the list. Did you run up to him? I did, actually. I went up to him and I said, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to introduce myself to you. My name is Tara. I said, you have a beautiful smile. You radiate a lot of light. And he was just glowing, you know, and he reflected it back to me. And then he thought that I was with some other dude. So he was like, okay, well, it was really nice to meet you. And I was like, what the, like, what's going on here? And it was three days later, we were at the same recording party. And we met again, and the rest was history. We were engaged within six months. And what was cool was our list actually matched up. Both of our lists matched up. The list. Yes, what are the some? List. Of, well, what are some of the things on your list? Oh gosh, there was everything on there from. Uh, spiritually awake and aware, mm-hmm. somebody who is willing to do their inner work because that was really important mm-hmm. to me because I knew if we wanted to go the distance, you got to be willing to to do the work when the, when the crap hits the fan. Um, somebody who was well traveled, but I also had things on there. Somebody who was into music because I love music and I love singing. He's a musician. Uh, somebody who pronounced and I joked with my girlfriend about this. I said, wouldn't it be fun to find a man who said instead of just chocolate, he said chocolate, and we would laugh about it, right? And honest to God, the first time he said it, he was like, would you? Would you girls like, because he has a Trinidadian accent, he says, would you girls like, you know, some chocolate? I looked at my friend Michelle, I was like, oh my God, she goes, you have to marry this guy, right? (laughs) And it was like down to like specific things like that that we could laugh about. But it was everything on there from emotional qualities, physical qualities, um, relationship dynamic qualities. And then there was that spark. There was no denying that energetic connection. But I've been married now for 26 years, together Mm -hmm. for 28 years. Um, and we've changed yeah, so much sure. in that period mm-hmm. of time. And so you have to be, as you said, willing to put the work yes. in. But I'm not sure. I mean, I knew that I was going to marry my husband within 30 minutes yep. of our first date, which yep. was set up by a friend. Actually, Bill Hutchison set us up. But it was because he thought we'd work well together. And he was apparently right. <laughs> um, or actually, I think his aside was, or you'll kill each other <laughs> within the first half hour. So... But it is a lot of work and it's ongoing work because your relationship changes. I mean, now our children are grown. We're empty nesters. Everything changes. Sex changes. That's right. All of it does. Desire changes. And so it's still the willingness to choose each other. That's the thing about relationship is that finding that partner or what we call the one, finding the partner that you choose, it's a choice. Whether your heart makes a choice, your head makes a choice, the logical part of you makes a choice. And then you have to keep choosing because every phase of your relationship is going to grow. It's going to be different. And you, if you choose each other and you keep choosing each other, then you'll you'll be in. Because I said to, today mm-hmm. you're celebrating how many years together? 26. 26. 26 years. Yeah. O-M-G. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, who would have thought? Who would have thunk? I mean, yeah. I, I think we said when we woke up, I said, who would have thought that we were the ones to survive? He said, absolutely no one. <laughs> Like no one. Um, But I think we did. And and I think what I was looking for in my list was somebody I thought would be a good father. Right. Because I was in my 30s or 30 Mm -hmm. and I wanted to get on with this. But he had to have qualities that I lacked 
mm-hmm. that I thought he would he was bringing to the table right. as far as parenting. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah, thanks. it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody be different. Like everyone's list could be different. If you have somebody who's super analytical, they might have more of an analytical list. Somebody who's super emotional, emotional list. Somebody who's highly creative, a creative list. And then you, you've got the mixture of all of it. And it's all okay. It's it's you calling forward, you getting really, really clear on what it is that you want. And you stand in, in that. And you need to know yourself. You really need to know yourself, your likes, your dislikes, your wants, your not wants. And that's why I think sampling the ice cream, it's okay. It's a good thing to do. I can't sample anymore. Yeah, no, I'm not sampling anymore either. <laughs> so is this something that you can help people with that are looking yeah. to start relationships? Yeah, for sure. I would say the first thing is really helping people take the pressure off of finding the one mm-hmm. and then really distilling down and getting clear on who you are as a person and what you want and what you desire. And then I think helping people really drop down into the heart. Because when the heart is leading, let the mind make the decisions that are analytical in nature in life. Let your heart lead because it's it's the heart that's going to take you through all that stuff when the pain does come, when the hurdles come. It's the heart that's going to lead you through that. The head will too a little bit, but the heart's very, very important. Do you think sometimes people uh, put too much pressure? I mean, the idea of the one, they're, they're probably, they might be going out with the one, mm-hmm. but they're thinking that there should be mm-hmm. angels singing or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's a lot of pressure. That's why I think that if you drop down into your space, you feel, you just know. You have this feeling, you have this knowing, if I'm in alignment with this person, if I'm not in alignment, do I enjoy this person? Do I not enjoy this person? You know right away, but a lot of times the head gets in the way, mm-hmm. and then we start thinking, oh, well, I don't know if I like this, and I don't know if I like that. But if you just pay attention to the heart... Well, when I listen to people you. like Kate saying, I knew within 30 minutes, I've never known anything like that. <laughs> and within 30 minutes, so I think, okay, it's been 30 minutes, I guess I, I won't even bother going out with him again. <laughs> Three dates, they say, before, you, before you're absolutely sure. Well, how can people connect with you, Tara? Yeah, absolutely. My website is taraantler.com or on Facebook. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is world-class Canadian saxophonist Dave McLaughlin, who has played for prime ministers and dignitaries around the world and opened for the legendary Ray Charles. Welcome to What She Said. Um, Now, you grew up in Montego Bay, Jamaica, so tell us how you first picked up the sax and got started. 
Well, my father, he was a very romantic man. Oh. Always used to listen to saxophone music and dim the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so I fell in love with a saxophone from my father. Listen to saxophone music all the time. And when did you first get one? The or first, learn to play? Yeah, I first got one. I was brought up in the church. Uh-huh. And... Um, I prayed and asked the Lord for a saxophone. I was trying to use my feet, like my grandmother, and the following week I got a saxophone. And um, I prayed and asked the Lord to help me, and within three days I started playing Amazing Grace on the saxophone. <gasps> wow. Unbelievable. That's incredible. Now, one of the things that you say that you learned from your father, besides inheriting his love mm-hmm. of music and the saxophone, um is considering the poor and the young. So throughout all your successes, is that still something that resonates strongly with you? Yes. Yeah, I always try my best to help the poor. Yeah, from the sales of my CDs and from donations that I got from some of my friends. Like, for an example, every year now, I give scholarships to students who are struggling uh, every February, the senior editor for the Toronto Sun also works along with me, mm-hmm. trying to give them an helping hand. That's excellent. Um, so you you also say that every young person needs encouragement and mentors to succeed. Who were your mentors? Well, my mentor was my father and um, my pastor back in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, as I always believe you can have a, a good child, right? But my grandmother always said, bad manners um, corrupts good behavior. That's true. And um, so my father always spoke positive words in my life. Um, Show me your friends and I will tell you who you are. Stay away from bad company. (laughs) And just to do the right thing. Now you you, uh, wrote the celebration song for Bob Marley and Rita Marley and you also happen to be Rita's favorite sax player. How did you connect with Rita? Um, she, but then my father uh, was one of the foundation members for Reggae Sun Splash. Mm-hmm. Which he mm-hmm. hired Bob Marley mm-hmm. before, and he brought Ray Charles into Jamaica. So my name got around to Rita Marley, and I was invited to play it for her, and she told me that now I am her adopted son. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. So I know that people can get your music through Sunrise Records. Yeah. And if they'd like to book you or work with you, uh, they can call uh, your phone number, yeah. which we'll give out. So it's 416-709-9863. And we're going to be putting the uh, video of your performance uh, in, shortly up on our pages. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll also add that link in for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Now, that is it for what she said uh, this year. We have fabulous best of shows planned for you, and we'll be back again with brand new episodes on January 12th right here on 105.9 The Region. Happy holidays and happy new year from all of us here at the show and playing us out now in our live studio sessions. Here is Dave McLaughlin with White Christmas.
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.